who wrote a book called Will, Before We Kill You and Eat You. And he was in this country preaching the gospel, and they got him and seized him and took him to this place where they were doing cannibalism. Pastor Mario and Danza know this story really well. And they were going to eat him. They were going to boil him alive and eat him in cannibalism for preaching the gospel. And so they got him. They tied him up. They had the water boiling. Everything was going on in this tribe. And this man, um, Garlock, is that correct? Is that the right name? H.B. H.B. Garlock um, got to a point of desperation. And he began to say, God, I, you, you've got to do a miracle. I, I, this is not how I want to go out. Amen. And, and he began to pray. Listen to this. He began to pray in the only way he knew. He started to pray in tongues. He started praying in tongues, and he, he just, he didn't know what else to do. He just started praying, 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 and he starts praying in tongues. And, and after a little while, people start scrambling around, and, and they come over, and they cut him loose, and they said, get out of here, and they let him go. And so how many know he ran? He was like, I'm out of here. Amen. I'm not going to be eating today. A few weeks later, he's walking downtown of the city he's in, and he runs into a guy, and the guy says, hey, I know you. He goes, well, who, how do you know me? He says, we, we, cut, we had you at our tribe a few weeks ago, and we were going to eat you. And the guy says, what happened? How in the world did you guys, why did you guys let me go? Watch this, church. He says, he says you started telling us in our own language what your God was going to do to us if we ate you. As he was speaking in tongues, the other tribe heard his, their own tongue and let him go. How many know we serve a supernatural God? Can you say we serve a supernatural God? Say it one more time. We serve a supernatural God. How many believe that this morning? How many believe we need the power of the Holy Spirit this morning? Amen? Come on, let's give the Lord one more praise this morning because he is so awesome and so powerful. Amen? I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about that same, that, that thing that guy had Another word for it would be the secret weapon. The power of the Holy Spirit is a secret weapon that God has given to us, but the secret part is what the devil wants. The devil wants this to stay a secret. He wants it to stay quiet, and God wants it everybody in the world to know about it. Amen? How many know a secret weapon is something that, that nobody else knows about in the enemy's camp? So we have a secret weapon this morning called the power of the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you personally many stories over my life that I don't have time to get into this morning because I want to show you some scriptures of how I've seen God move in the supernatural. We just heard Bethany testify of that miracle healing. We had many healings last Sunday as we prayed for the sick, amen, and prayed for healings. And, and if you weren't here last week, um, we want to tell you that every first Sunday this year, we're going to be believing for miracles, amen. Every first Sunday of every month, we're going to pray for healings. And we had foot healed, feet healed, we had backs healed, we had spots removed and disappeared, and there's more testimonies coming. But along the lines of that, where we picked up, where we left off last week in John 14, if you'd go there, I want to show you some verses here, and I want to talk about the manifestation. Manifestation is something that's visible and seen of the Holy Spirit. And this is a topic that's so important in church today because a lot of churches, and y'all know when I say churches, I mean just churches in general around the world. In whatever denominations exist, there's lots of churches, but we know there's just one true church. 
which is the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? The biblical body of Christ. There's a lot of teachings and there's a lot of people who don't want to talk about, for some reason, the Holy Spirit. And, and, and when we mention the word tongues, that sounds really weird. And some of you might be here and say, man, I'm in the wrong place. I, I, this isn't the church I meant to come to. And I just want to tell you that was a lie from the devil. You are in the right place. This is the church God wanted you to come to this morning. Amen? Because he's going to touch your life this morning. Just like he's touched so many people in here. Jesus says, how many, know, how many love Jesus' words? Verse 16, he says, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Now watch this. What is the Holy Spirit? It says he's the spirit of truth. How many know we need truth? Whom the world cannot receive. Now what that means is they cannot receive Jesus without the Holy Spirit. He says, because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now, here's some key words. But you know him. How many know Jesus this morning? He says, but you know him. How many know the Holy Spirit? You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen? And will be in you. And so there's this thought, in, in, and I talked about this last week, about how we come into church a lot of times with preconceived ideas. Maybe you have a friend or a family member who, who goes to church or maybe you were raised in church and you heard things and you kind of come into church and you hear a key word or you hear something said and, and people kind of uh, turn things off or think, oh man, I, that I've, someone told me about this and I, you've got a preconceived thought. We talked last week about how people don't believe in healing. Well, guess what? When you, when you have cancer and you need healing, all of a sudden you'll become a believer in healing. Amen. When you need God to do a miracle, you'll believe all of a sudden. Let me tell you something. He's real. His miracle power is real. And, he's, and he has a power he wants to demonstrate in us and through us this morning. And the only way we're going to change this world is walking in the fullness of God. Not halfway, not three quarters, but fullness of God. And he wants to pour his spirit out on us. But one of the preconceived ideas is, is that when we get saved, we automatically have everything we need. We automatically have everything we need. But if you look at the scriptures, that's not the case. Because what happens when we accept Christ is the Holy Spirit does dwell in us and does seal us, the Bible says. Let me read a couple verses here that tells that that is true. Jesus in John 20, verse 22, said this. He said, when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if you look at that, Jesus is, is breathing on them, and they're receiving the Holy Spirit. So he goes, okay, there it is. See, I told you, he got, they got the Holy Spirit when they believed. That's a good scripture for that. That's the truth. They did receive the Holy Spirit. It came in and dwelt in them when he breathed on them. But then it goes on to show us also in 2 Corinthians 1.22, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. As a guarantee, kind of like a deposit. So there is a, a sealing that happens of the Holy Spirit to us that happens when we get saved. But there is, and I want you to say this with me, there is more. Okay, there's more. God has more for us. And, and it's, it's like if you went to buy a car. I'm just giving you a generic example. How many know that the best car is a car with full extras? Okay, 
You don't necessarily have to have those things or need them to, to get from point A to point B. But if you want to roll, ride that, roll down the road and have to, have to roll down the windows with your hand and let the, you know, the hair, air hit you at 100 miles an hour and 100 degrees, then, or sorry, not 100 miles an hour. None of y'all do that. 100 degrees, 60 miles an hour, okay? 70 miles an hour. If you want to go down the road with that kind of air AC, that's your choice. If you want to roll the window, I like to hit the button. I like to turn the AC on and get cool. Turn the heat on. Those are full extras. Okay, those God, the whole, the power of the Holy Spirit is full extras. Okay, it's there are people who are who are going to go to heaven that have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but they're missing out. They're missing out on the fullness of God. And and, and I, I want you to I want you to kind of dangle the carrot out before you. Why do we want the fullness of God? Because I want to be able to walk up to somebody. And when I'm around them, I want them to feel the power of God in my life. I want them to see something in me that says, I want what you have. How many want that in your lives? You want people to see something in you that's different from other people. That's something that attracts you like a, like a magnet says, man, I don't know what it is that you have, but you need to sit down right now and tell me what is, what is good about you. What, I don't want to say what's wrong with you. What's good with you, amen? Why are you so peaceful when everything's so, why are you so happy? Why, I, why is there such a joy coming out of you? That's what happens with the power of the Holy Spirit in the fullness of God in our lives. So you see there that there is an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I'm teaching you something here. There is an indwelling of the Holy Spirit when we get saved, but there is more. Now, last week I talked about this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to re-mention it again, verse 4. Paul says this. He says, My speech and my preaching are not with persuasive words of what? Human wisdom. How many know we need less human wisdom? Human wisdom gets us in trouble all the time. We have lots of people today who even are, are preaching the gospel, but they're doing a lot more of the human wisdom than they are the preaching. They're using a lot of, of intellectual words and a lot less verses. I'm giving you a lot of verses this morning. I forgot to tell you, get your hands ready because we're going to be moving around a lot. Because I want you to see in the scriptures what God's word says about the power of the Holy Spirit. So he says, I'm not coming with eloquent words, he says, or persuasive words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit and of power. That's what changes people's lives. That, that, that the words that that man would have spoke if he wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit, H.B. Garlock, He'd have been, Lord, help me, Lord, he'd been talking, talking, talking. They would have understood anything he said, and he'd have been eaten that day. But because he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he began to pray in the Spirit, as the Lord gave him utterance, he began to speak in the tongue that was their dialect. That was a supernatural miracle. And they began to hear what God was going to do to them in their own language. You know that sign happened as well on the day of Pentecost when they walked out of the, of the upper room that we're going to talk about in a minute and they were all speaking in tongues and different people from different nations heard their own native tongue. And they marveled and they said, what is this? How is it possible that these people who we know are not from our country are speaking our language? Church, we serve a supernatural God. Does anybody believe that still? Do I have some believers in here that believe we serve a supernatural God that wants to do supernatural things so that we can see how he is bigger than the fake gods? There's a lot of little G's, but we serve the big G. We serve the only G, amen? We serve God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. 
So we need a demonstration of spirit and power. So Jesus begins to teach us in the word why he wants us to have the power of the Holy Spirit and why there's a distinct, separate experience from salvation. Okay, I want to say that again so everybody's on the same page with me. You get saved, you accept Christ, you're born again, the Bible says, but besides that, there is a distinct personal experience that God has for us that is different. And I'm going to show you in the scriptures and anybody who wants to come and argue with me after I'm here, I'm here. Amen. Come and argue with me all you want, because I'm going to show you scriptures this morning, the biblical scriptures that this is for today. And this is for us. And it's for now. Cause I said last week, he's the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same forever. Can I, can somebody say amen? He does not change. So Acts chapter 1, let's, let, let's look at, listen to Jesus. We're not, I'm not telling you my words here this morning. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Acts 1, verse 8, this is the first book of the, of the new beginning of the church, which we belong to today. And he says, but you shall receive power, say power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now that's a key word. Did you notice when Jesus breathed? into them that the Holy Spirit came into them but here he's saying the Holy Spirit's going to come upon them it's a diff- there's a distinction when you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a distinction let me give you a picture I don't have this in the scripture for the, for the screen but Jesus was being baptized how many know Jesus got baptized in water he, John, John said I'm not worthy to tie your sandals he said do this in obedience. He, did, he was doing it as an example. And, and John the Baptist baptized him in water. And the Bible says that when he went down in that water and he came back up, the Bible says the skies opened up. And the voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And a dove descended from heaven. And a dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And it descended down upon Jesus. Let me make a statement to you right now. If Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? If Jesus needed it, I need it more. Amen. That kind of died right there. It was good though for a minute. Right? Y'all with me? If Jesus needed it, I need it more because he was God. But he, he had these things happen because he had a plan. And his plan was to change the world. And we can't change the world without God's plan. Do you realize 12 men changed the entire world? And it was not their eloquent words, but it was the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what changed this world. You might think this morning, well, someone witnessed to me. Someone invited me to church. Some, the power of the Holy Spirit is what changed your life. Amen? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And look, why? So you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria. Amen? You'll be witnesses me to, to, for me to Judea, Samaria. So that's, why we don't, that's why we don't believe today that the Holy Spirit's for us because he said it ended in Samaria. He said just go to Judea and go to Samaria and Jerusalem and that's it. And then, then when that's done, when you get there, then we're done. We've reached the world. Am I missing something? We, isn't it easy to just change scripture? I could have just left that last little part out. And not to be mean, some of y'all might not have looked at the Bible and it would, would just end right there. You, I, you can change scripture so easily, but that little last part's the kind of important. He said, and to the end of the earth. In, in biblical terms, we're at the end of the earth. 
I've been to the other side of the world. It's a long ways away. We're far from Jerusalem today. Amen. We're far removed from there. It's a long distance. He says, he says this power is going to be on you, and it's going to go to the ends of the earth. Amen. Now look at Luke 24, 49. I told you we're going to move through these fast. Now we're looking at some of Jesus' last words. What we just read were some, and here's some other ones. He, is, he, has, he, has, he has finished the race. Okay? He, has, he has died on the cross, just in case nobody knows this. He has died on the cross. He has resurrected from the dead, just like he said he would. And now he has gone and he has appeared. Can somebody shout out in this place how many people Jesus appeared to? And maybe in the first service they heard us today, we'd be cheating, but that's all right. He appeared to at least 500 people. 500 people over a period of 40 days. Most people don't know that. Jesus was on the earth physically for 40 days after he resurrected from the dead. And he, he, he was appearing to people all over the place. And he was, he was talking to people. They were touching him. They were hearing him. They were, they were eating with him. There was fellowship with him. And 500 people at least saw him and are witnesses to the fact that he resurrected from the dead. And he says, now I have completed. I, it is finished. And now I'm going to go. I'm going to send the promise, which is the Holy Spirit. He's going to come upon you, and he's going to, he's going to give you power to witness and go tell the whole world what I just did. Okay? And, that, and he said, I'm going to go away so the Holy Spirit can come. So Luke 24, 49 is where we pick up. He says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. See the word upon again? Upon you. But tarry in the city. Another word for tarry is Wait. Wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Okay, so how many are seeing here that distinct from Jesus breathing into his disciples and then receiving the Spirit, he's telling them that he wants them to go get something more. Something more. How many like more, by the way? If it's good, amen? Obviously, we don't want more problems or more bills, but if it's good stuff, you want more. More, okay? More, I want more of God. He says, I, I've got more for you. And he's saying, look, you know, listen to what he's saying. This is not going to happen if this spirit is not filling you and, and you receiving. If you don't get this, it's not going to happen. That's a fact, church. That's a fact. We would not have the gospel here today if, the, if that church would not have listened to him. But here's an interesting point. Stay with me on this. Someone might ask, how come all the churches don't talk about this? How come everybody doesn't preach this message? How come I haven't heard this before? How come, here goes those preconceived ideas. Do you realize that at the day of Pentecost that we're going to get to in just a second here, if you want to go ahead and go there in, in uh, Acts, in the book of Acts again, get to that book. As we look here, something happened. He appeared to over 500 people, but the Bible tells us that only 120 people were in the upper room. Where's everybody else? Where is everybody else? How, how, why did only 120 people go to the upper room if he appeared to over 500? He told those words, behold, I send you the promise to 500 people at least. 120 went. Kind of like today. Some people want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Some people don't. They just pick and choose. People, people like to use the Bible like a, like a bag of trail mix. Just grab out what they want. Right? You like chocolate, you like almonds, just leave the stuff you don't like in there. You can't do that with the Bible. 
Jesus didn't. Now, now watch. You, if you don't think I'm telling you the truth, let's, let's look at book, the book of Acts here. And watch this. Watch how strong this gets. Acts 1, verse 4. Jesus, sorry, and being assembled together. See, that's what we're doing right now. We're assembling together. With them, ask them very nicely if they would depart from Jerusalem. That's not what he said? He commanded them. How many know a command is a command? It means do it. So here's what's interesting. God commanded everybody to go to the upper room, and only 120 people went. Why? Because we have free will. Because they said, now, nah, Jesus, we, we believe in you, but we don't need that. I don't need more. I'm good. I'm good. You know what we need to stop doing? We need to stop acting like we know more than God. Sometimes we think, man, how come God's not moving in my life? How come I'm not seeing the fullness of God? How come I'm not seeing this? How come I, well, maybe you don't have everything God has for you because you're not obeying. He said, go. He said, go wait for the promise. So we should go wait for the promise. If the Bible says it, just do it. So he commands them to go to wait for the promise of the Father. He says, which you have heard from me. And here's what happened. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Here's what happened when they went. Those that decided they wanted to go listen. When the day of Pentecost, verse 1, had fully come. Now, this is an interesting point because there are people who say those Pentecostals. I don't like those Pentecostal churches. Can I just give you a newsflash? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I hate to tell you this. I hate, I hate to burst your bubble. You're Pentecostal. Let's just, let's just wait on that a second. Let's just let that simmer in there a second. The church that you belong to of Jesus Christ was born on the day of Pentecost, which was a Jewish feast, and it was fulfilled that God would pour his spirit on that day. So anybody who's part of the church that came out of the book of Acts is Pentecostal. But see, we have those preconceived ideas. Those Pentecostals are the ones that speak in tongues and do cartwheels and hang off the chandeliers and, and, and grab snakes and play with them and do all those weird things. No, we're all Pentecostals because we came out of the book of Acts. If you're a believer, can somebody say amen? amen. That's what the Bible says. Amen. We should all be doing what they did in the book of Acts. Amen. Where did all these denominations and names and religions come from? From man. Let's get back to the Bible and believe what it says and do what it says. So they're all together on the day of Pentecost when it had fully come. And they were in one accord, in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Watch this. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat down on one of them. Thank you. One sat down on each of them, and some of them were filled. What does it go on to say? And they were all filled. Say that again, all. I don't know how else to explain what all means. Amen? It means all. All what? All 120 who said, I'll go do what Jesus said. Jesus commanded them to go to the upper room. He said, wait for the promise. 380 plus said, nah, we don't need to do what Jesus says. What's he talking? What does he know? 120 said, you know what? I'm going to do what Jesus said. 
and I'm going to go to the upper room, and 70 didn't get it, 80 didn't get it, 90 didn't get it, 110 didn't get it, y'all with me? 119 didn't get it. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And the distinction between that day when they were infilled with Jesus breathing on them and the sealing of the Holy Spirit that Ephesians talked about in Corinthians is this. Something happened that gave them an evidence. Something happened that gave them a distinction that I have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then they walked out of that upper room, and that's the story I just told you. And they were talking and praying and praying in the Spirit. And they, they weren't in a church service. You listening to me? They went out of the upper room into the city praying and speaking in tongues. And people began to hear them in their own languages. That story I told you about H.B. Garlock is totally biblical. They were hearing. They were from Judea and Samaria and in Asia Minor. They were from all these different places. And they heard their own language being spoken. And they said they marveled. How do they speak our language? These are uneducated men. Now watch this. What a difference. What was the difference between Peter that preached that message in Acts chapter 2 that I'm not going to read today, but he, re- he preaches a message after this. Boldly, say boldly. boldly. That's what the Holy Spirit does, makes you bold. He preached a message and 5,000 people got saved. But this is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times to a 12-year-old girl. What was the difference between Peter denying Jesus to a 12-year-old girl and preaching to the multitudes in the book of Acts? The power of the Holy Spirit. Same Peter. But he was missing something. Jesus said, you need something more. There's something you need, you're missing, that I'm going to send to you, and I'm going to pour it out upon you, and I want you to have it. Now let's look a little bit more in the book of Acts. How many are here? Let's look a little more in Acts chapter 8. And as you go along in the scriptures here in the Bible, you realize, how many know it takes a while to write, to write, to read, to write a chapter? Even in school today, write a chapter takes a while. To write the Bible, to go from Acts chapter 2 to Acts chapter 8, some time had to pass. Some, some, some days, some months, we don't know how long, some time had to pass. So it wasn't just that that day this happened. This, as we go along in the Bible, we get to Acts chapter 8. They're in a different place now. They're in a different city. They're, 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 they're in a different culture. And as they're preaching the gospel, as I'm preaching today, to, a, to a people in Denton, Texas, they're preaching to these people. And Acts 8.15 says, Who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Now watch this. Look what verse 16 says. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. Isn't that interesting how he said as of yet? Maybe you're here this morning and the Holy Spirit has not yet fallen upon you. You're just like these people in Acts chapter 8. Today can be the day that the Holy Spirit falls upon you and you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. With the power of of the Holy Spirit moving in your life. So it says they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon, this is the key, when Simon, now Simon was a sorcerer. 
Simon was somebody who was dealing in the, in the demonic. And I said this last week, and I want to say this again. If you believe in God, and you believe in Jesus, and you believe in the resurrection, and you believe in all those things that we know we believe in, you better believe in the devil, and you better believe in demonic forces, and you better understand that there's a real demonic uh, spirit out there that fights and lies and deceives and steals and destroys because he's real and the only way you're going to defeat that demonic force of darkness is by the power of God in your lives we're trying to do too much in our own power and we cannot defeat the devil in our own power we need the power of the Holy Spirit because he has given us power to tread on serpents and scorpions I said last week, I'm not afraid of demons. I'm not afraid of demonic forces because the name above all names, Jesus Christ, is in my life. And he says, I give you all power and all authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And we can say, devil, turn around and flee in seven directions. And he must flee. But that doesn't come from the boldness that's in my life just because I'm a believer, because of the boldness of the power of the Holy Spirit that comes on you. It says, I don't have to be afraid of some demonic force, but they are real. And so this sorcerer, Simon, watch this, saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. So he says, Wow, this is, this is pretty amazing. Now, this is a sorcerer who has demonic powers, and he is marveling at the power of these disciples. How I many know we need to have something in our life that causes the witches and the warlocks and the atheists and the demonic oppressed and all the people in the demonic world to want what we have? We should have more power than them. But the church is not walking in the power of God. Come on. We need to walk in the power of God. We need to have that boldness and faith in us so that they want what we have. This is what Solomon says, man, I see something here. And he offered them money. So he was doing pretty good in his, in his sorcery. He had money. He said, I want to buy this. He says, give me this power that anyone whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Whenever there's something real in God, there will always be a counterfeit. Remember I talked about the currency last week? If you have a real currency, there's going to be a counterfeit. We have the real thing today, church. We have the real power of God. The tangible, real power of God in our lives. And so as you look at this, what I want you to see in this, as I begin to close up here, I want you to see something. There was something in that verse. Go back one verse, if you would, Chris. In the verse before, he says, And when Simon saw, another thing that could be said there, another way that could be said is when Simon heard. Because there's something manifested in these people's lives when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit that they saw or heard that caused him to know they had something. Something happened. He saw something visual manifest in their lives and that's how he said i want that and so what happens to us in the flesh is our flesh gets defeated when the spirit comes on us our mind gets defeated by by the the mind of christ 
How many know we need the mind of Christ? Amen? And so when this happens and when he sees this, he says, I want that. And of course, he, he had to be rebuked because he was trying to buy it with money. And how many are thankful this morning that what God has for us costs no money? It is free this morning. Amen? It is totally, totally free. Healing is free. Salvation is free. Liberty, freedom is free. Amen? The power of the Holy Spirit is free. He says, I'll give it to you. It's free. Let's end in Acts 19. One of my favorite parts of the Bible to talk about the, the Holy Spirit. Because, again, a lot of people still in their minds think, somehow, this was for then. This was for Bible times. I know it's taught. But I still have not had anybody show me scripturally. And I'm going to give you a quick testimony. I, had a, I, had, I have several of these same testimonies. I'm just going to choose one. There was a guy in our children's ministry in Costa Rica who, who, who worked with us and was our assistant and still doing that kids' ministry today. And when I met him and he began to help us build this children's ministry before we met um, our, our fellowship and got involved with Victory World Outreach 18 years ago, we were doing a kids' ministry. And, and we were reaching the kids on the streets and we would have prayer meetings every morning. And we were praying. We'd, we'd get on our knees and pray. And, and I would pray in the Spirit. I would pray in the tongues that God gave me, the power of the Holy Spirit, and pray and just pray. And sometimes I'd pray in English, sometimes pray in tongues. And I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything to impress him. That's just how I pray. And one day he came up to me and he said, watch this. He said, Blake, you have something I don't have. He said, I don't, I don't know. It's honest to God. He said, I don't know what it is. He says, but you have something I don't have. I, I listen to you pray. I feel power on you when you pray. I, I sense something. He says, what do you have? What, why, do you, why do you have so, what, what is it? He, he couldn't even put it in words. What, what is it you have I don't have? And I, I knew what he was talking about. And I said, Guillermo, you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, well, I want it. Come to find out. He was raised in a denomination that not only didn't teach the Holy Spirit, but they taught against it. That it's not, not, not only is it not for today, it's demonic. You better be careful when you talk about things like that. When you say something that is, is of God is demonic. It's demonic. That's, that's not even, that's not God. And so he was taught that for, listen, 28 years. And he had just shut it off. Isn't it funny, though, when you run into something that's real, all of a sudden you get your interest pricked. And he said, listen, I've been listening to you pray. I don't remember how long it was after we had met. He said, you've got something. I said, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And I asked, and, I, and listen, I asked him, I said, what, where, where, what makes you think that's not? He, he says, I've been taught that's not for today. I've been taught that's not of God. I said, where? I said, I'm about to show you a whole bunch of scriptures. Show me what they taught you. And listen to me closely this morning. I, I, I didn't say this in the first service, so the Holy Spirit's leading me in a different direction right now. He took me to, and don't go there. Don't, don't lose track here. You look at it later. It ain't much to see. In, in 1 Corinthians 13, which is a chapter about love, he says, they taught us that tongues would cease. It says prophecies will cease, tongues will tease, cease. And he's talking about love, Okay. And that one little part of a verse is what they had used for 28 years. It's the only verse he could give me. 
And I said, okay. And I explained to him, in love, I said, that's a love chapter. And if you look at 12 and 14, which are on both sides of that love chapter, God explains real good all about the Holy Spirit, and all about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and all about these things. I said, that's a love chapter. I said, now, let me, let me show you in the Bible. And I began to walk him through this stuff I'm teaching you this morning and a bunch more verses. And by the time we got done, he said, I believe this is for me. And I prayed for him that day. He didn't get it that day. But he kept praying for it, and he kept praying for it, and he kept praying for it. And one day he called me crying. He said, Blake, I was just sitting in my car waiting for my son to get out of piano lessons. And I just looked up and I said, God, if this is for me, if, 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 I, if this is for me, give it to me. And boom. He began to speak in other tongues. And he was baptized in the Holy Spirit right in his car. And listen, it changed his life. And to this day, he still speaks in tongues. And then I had the blessing to do the same thing with his wife. I took her through the scriptures, and she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. 28 years of being taught, that's not biblical. When it's real, it's real. When it's God, it's God. And no man can stop it. Amen? No man can stop it. And like I said, I have several examples that some that happened here since I've been here in this 10 years too, but I'm not going to go in that for time. But just let me tell you something. I'm going to finish with this. If you want it, you can have it. If you don't want it, don't worry. You won't get it because God is, is love and he's not going to force himself on you. He's only going to come in as much as you let him. But I promise you, he wants to come in all the way. He wants total surrender. So right here, is this last thing I want to say in Acts 19. I'm going to get through, get through this part quick because the Holy Spirit kind of changed. He gets to Corinth, which is a totally different city, totally different place, goes through Corinth, and then Paul goes to Ephesus, okay, which ends up being the church in Ephesians. And, and he gets to these guys, and verse 1 says he comes to the upper regions and finds some disciples. How many know if you're a disciple, that means you're a believer in Christ? He didn't say found some people who had heard the word. He said found some disciples. Guillermo was a disciple, but he didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Guillermo, my friend Costa Rica, was going to heaven, but he didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it changed his life. It took him in a, he got the full extras. These people were disciples, and, and Paul gets to him, to these people, and he says, hey, he says, he didn't say, hey, how's the church doing? Hey, you guys paying the bills okay? Hey, um, you know, how many people do you have? Watch what he asked. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Are y'all here? Now, if we believe that everything God has for us happens when we get saved, then why did he ask that question? Do you see that there's a distinction? Did you receive when you believed? If it's the breathing of Jesus in, if it's the sealing of the Holy Spirit and that's it, then why is Paul asking the question? Because there's, come on church, y'all been here long enough, don't fall asleep on me. There's more, there's plethora, there's greater, there's greater. What do they say? Here's the key. We, we haven't even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Why? Because their pastor wasn't teaching it. Their church wasn't talking about it, like lots of churches today, because they don't want to mess with it. They don't want to. They don't want to deal with it. They don't. Let's just show up and leave. 
Let's just show up and say we have church and leave. But they don't want to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They don't want to see healings. They don't want to see people's lives change. They don't want to see dry bones come back to life. Come on, church. We've been talking about this for weeks. You've got to want it. He says, we, we, haven't, we, we haven't even heard of it. He says, then what will you baptize him? John's baptism, which is water. He says, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. And, they, and, those, and for those that would believe on him would come after him. That is Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Watch this. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came, what? Upon them. And what was the manifestation? They spoke in tongues and prophesied. Father, this morning... As we close this service, your Holy Spirit is here right now. It's here. It's here to heal. It's here to deliver. It's here to set free. It's here to change. It's here to challenge. It's here to baptize us. It's here to fill us. It's here to show us the spirit of power so that we can be witnesses to everybody in this city, to everybody in our families. There's something that you have for us this morning. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place, please don't don't turn me off and don't begin to think about what you're going to eat for lunch or what you need to go do after service. Please stay with me here. Stay focused. Because the devil wants to distract you, but God wants to change you. God wants to do a work in you this morning. As you're listening to me and I'm praying and we're going to, pray for salvation right here in just a minute do you know Jesus have you been born again Nicodemus asked Jesus how can one be saved and he said you must be born of the spirit see when we're born physically and we come into this world we're born into water we're born physically but we're not born again he says you must be born again which is of the spirit if you're here this morning and you died right now today you would die in your sins and you would pass into eternity without God. But Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Anyone who comes unto me, I will by no means cast out. I won't cast you out. I'll accept you. He who believes in me shall be saved. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How many all over this place this morning would be honest with God and say, you know what, Pastor, I, I'm not sure. I need to be saved this morning. I want to I be born again. I can feel the Holy Spirit speaking to me right now and telling me there's something I need that I don't have. If that's you, just lift your hand up and say, pray for me this morning. I want to be saved. That's me. All over this place. I'm not asking you if you're part of a church. I'm not asking you to become a member. I'm not asking you a religious question. I'm asking you, do you know Jesus? Are you saved? Are you born again? Would you go into heaven? What would you say to God right now if you died? If you try to say, hey, I've been a good person. I've prayed a lot and I've, and I've been to church and I've read the Bible a little bit. That's not going to work. We talked about this last. We talked about this Wednesday. The, the, narrow, the gate is narrow. It's, it's Jesus alone. It's faith in Jesus alone. Your good works are filthy rags, the Bible says. If you're going to try to claim good works and you're going to try to be good enough, you're going to fall short as a human being. Jesus says, I died on that cross for you and I paid that price for you and I became, I became sins for you so that you could be the righteousness of God. 
How many would say, that's me? Come on, I'm going to wait just a moment. I need Jesus today. Maybe you're backslidden, running from God. Knew the Lord at some moment in your life, but things haven't gone exactly the way you thought it would go because you didn't quite understand that narrow road part. There's going to be a lot of problems and a lot of trials and a lot of struggles. Jesus never said it would be easy. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Maybe you're here and you, you know the truth, but you're running from it today. God brought you here to give your life back to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I've made some mistakes and I haven't really truly understood what I've been going through. But listen, I'm going to trust you again because you're God and I'm not. Lord, here is my life. And you would say, that's me. I need to come home today. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the truth. Just lift your hand. Put it back down all over this place. God sees. God knows. God knows you. You're in from your beginning. As we're closing right here, and there's a sweet spirit of God, there's a sweet presence of the Lord, He's here to touch you this morning. He's here to fill you this morning. Why would you not want more of what God has for you? You might be here this morning, and you're a believer. You love God with all your heart, but something's been missing. You've been, you came in saying, something's missing today. I'm telling you, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, some of the things that God gives through the Holy Spirit is comfort. He gives peace that passes all understanding. He gives us power, as we talked about. He gives us discernment. There's some people in here this morning that need discernment. You're making some decisions right now. You're, 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 you're making some choices and you're saying, God, what am I supposed to do? You need the power of the Holy Spirit to give you discernment to make the right choice. Some of you in here this morning are, are making some decisions and you need some direction. The Holy Spirit will give you that direction. Not man's direction, God's direction because God's ways are not our ways. We're going to pray here this morning and, and I am offering to you what God can give you which is the fullness, the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Having a, a prayer language that you can pray to God in that nobody understands, not even the devil. It's something so real, so powerful. I could pass the mic this morning all around this place and people could tell you how powerful it is. And if you don't have it, God wants you to have it this morning. Let's stand to our feet this morning and stay in this attitude of prayer if you would. We're going to open the altars. And if you want the power of the Holy Spirit and you want God to demonstrate that to you, you want God to fill you this morning and you've never been baptized. I, I, I said it earlier. Some people say, well, I've been baptized. I said, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I, I have. And I say, how do you know? And they say, I just know it. That's not biblical evidence. I know that I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit because I speak in tongues. It's a prayer language. God took over my mouth. God edified my tongue. Now listen, as we close with this last thought, this is very important. Please stay with me because God's going to fill some people this morning just like he healed some people last week. He's going to fill those who want to be filled. This is really important. You got to make sure there's no unforgiveness in your life. And ask God, God, is there somebody I haven't forgiven? Is there, is there somebody that I'm mad at? Is there bitterness in my heart? It's, it, it's an obstacle to the Holy Spirit filling you if you have unforgiveness towards somebody. We said that about a miracle last week. Because your prayers go up and hit the roof. 
You have to forgive. Because I cannot forgive you if you don't forgive. Jesus' words. So do that this morning as you come to pray. Make sure that there's no unforgiveness in your life. But some people, and I ask this question, listen, I, I, I te- when I try to preach and, and teach the Bible, I try to do it as in a way of how I think. I used to think, why? That's so weird. Why, why, why do I got to speak in tongues? And one of the things I've learned, and it's the truth, is I don't have to, I get to. I don't have to, I get to. It's a gift. I mean, only weird people get a nice gift and go, why, why did you give this to me? Right? I mean, gifts are awesome. It's a gift. But here's the main reason why God gives us that gift outside of the power and all the other stuff. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in your tongue. The power of life and death is in your tongue. And, and the Bible said, talks about in James how this little tiny tongue, this little tiny tongue is like a rudder for a boat. That little tiny rudder can make a whole humongous boat turn. That's how powerful your tongue is. You can curse with it. You can bless with it. You can uplift with it. You can encourage with it. You can cuss with it. You can gossip with it. But God says, I need to edify their tongues. I need to save their tongues. And that's why he baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you something real quick. If you're speaking in tongues, you can't cuss. If you're speaking in tongues, you can't gossip. If you're speaking in tongues, you can't curse somebody. So we need to be speak. That's why he says, I wish you would all speak with other tongues. But I wish you'd prophesy. And that's another teaching. Totally another teaching. But I can tell you this morning, Holy Spirit's here. He wants to fill you. And if you're here and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, today's your day. We're going to begin to sing a song. And if you want that this morning, step out. Come to this altar. Lift your hands and begin to pray. And God will meet you here this morning. Amen. As we open up the altars, let's begin to sing.